Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of the Dawson and Whiskey podcast since 2019. I'm JT Wistersell. And I'm Gavin Dawson. We are excited to be back with you. We, in fact, we're looking over the date the last time we joined you guys together. It was May 5th of 2019, so just over two years ago, Gavin. It's, it's long time ago. Long time ago. A lot of things yeah. have changed since the last time we've spoken, at least in this setting. Uh, we do continue to, to keep track of each other's lives. You know, We're still good friends, for those of you who care, uh, but I'm just happy to be here and happy to see to be able to do this again. So, yeah, there's no behind the scenes drama. That's not why the not why the show stopped. Is me and Gavin stopped talking? Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We're still on we're still on really good terms. No, no need to worry about that. It's just uh, career career changes. I'm a teacher now, so I don't do this anymore. So forgive me if I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. It's because I don't. Uh, so we'll we'll just leave it at that. Oh, uh, well, one thing we were talking about last time we were on Gavin was kind of funny was we were talking about the 2019 playoffs. So it is crazy that's come full circle. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Not only that, but we were also talking about Dak Prescott's contract uh, situation, which is really funny because that like seemingly just got wrapped up like a yeah. month or two ago. At least it feels like it. No, exactly. That really is. It's crazy that we almost if we would have recorded a podcast literally what two months earlier or whatever. We Something would have had like a shorter time contract. in a year, in a year and like almost two years just early. We would have had a quicker time since our last recording, since the contract had gotten resolved. So it's we would have had to do a follow up then. If, if that yeah. had happened, we would have had to do a follow up because <laughs> there's no, there's no way we wouldn't, we'd leave that alone. Yeah. Well, we know ESPN wasn't going to leave that alone either. Yeah, of course. <laughs> ESPN. So. But as we mentioned, we're going to hit on the NBA playoffs. But before you get to the playoffs, you got to start with the playing tournament. And how about the game we had tonight? We are recording this on May 5th. The We are recording this in May on the 21st. And it was just an insane game between the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies traveling to play the Warriors. And the Grizzlies gutted it out 117 to 112. It was a pretty even game overall early on. Grizzlies jump out to a one-point lead in the second quarter. They stretched that to 13. But then, as we know, the Warriors are the dominant team in those third quarters. They get out to a – they bring them back in at 24 to 16. In the fourth, the Warriors are able to outscore them a little bit, but because the Grizzlies had won the previous quarters, we got overtime. And in overtime, I don't, Gavin, the biggest takeaway for me was Ja still. And I love Xavier Tillman hitting threes, and I'll touch on him a little bit more in a second, but I felt like I was watching Ja grow up. So, obviously, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is – I wish the Suns had drafted him had they were had they been given the opportunity to at that point in time. But you know what? You know, I'm happy where we are now. So let's just skim over that part. Uh, I, the game itself was entertaining beyond belief. Uh, Morant is going to be a point guard for the future. And I, I can't wait to see what the Grizzlies do, uh, who they pair him with in the future. I know Jaron Jackson had been injured this year. So that was kind of tough on the Grizzlies. So who knows what the West would have looking, looked like uh, had everybody been healthy. Obviously, that question goes to show with the Lakers as well since they were the seventh seed due to injuries. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see what the Grizzlies have in store. Uh, it's it's the second coming of Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, I'd, I'd like to think, but a whole different version of it. Not so much grit and grind, more of a – I don't even know what to call it. If you have a better better words for it. I, I don't know if I'd call it exactly grit and grind, but I'll be honest. I think both. I think both of those 
words still apply to this team. Honestly, they really do. They play so hard, so physical. They're young. They don't have, this is not a star studded team like that. Yes. Jaw was the second overall pick in the draft, but Zion has so eclipsed him, especially this year in terms of the hype. It's he's already almost been forgotten and he's been sensational. He literally won rookie of the year last year. We only talk about Zion because he's doing things we've never seen from a second year player, but still it's crazy. And he, he was sensational. I mean, also, so the Warriors game plan, against the Grizzlies in that game, the last game of the regular season, determining who was going to get the eight seed was to leave jaw open from three. And he goes one of six in that game tonight, really stepped up five of 10, 50% from three. They dared him to shoot. He stepped up and made the tough shots. He has, he had some tough floaters late too. He attacks the basket so viciously. He is fun to watch. And I really enjoy him. He gets after it on both ends. We, I, we mentioned the grit and grind thing. I mean, Dillon Brooks, as much as he takes, man, does that he takes some bad shots. But he gets after it on the defensive end. He was harassing Curry the entire night. Even guys off their bench. They just, Anthony Melton, Desmond Bain. These guys play hard. Grayson Allen hitting threes. Grayson Allen. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a name, that's they, a name uh, you, don't expect to, uh, you don't expect to hear. Uh, no, exactly. Dylan maybe, Brooks reminds me of uh, maybe a more offensively gifted Tony Allen, for those of you uh, who know who Tony Allen is. Staple of the grit and grind uh, era in – in uh why is my mind blanking uh memphis yeah no but he and he had a performance tonight that would have made tony allen proud he really did the sensational job on curry i don't know in front of me what he held him against but it was incredible and i i give so much credit to taylor jenkins and the rest of this coaching staff and the job they've done developing this roster this is one of the youngest rosters in the league it was not that long ago that this team moved off of Mike Conley and they had Jaron Jackson Conley's last year and then they ended up trading Conley and they literally hit on those first two. round matchup between the two by the way yeah yeah that will be fun and we'll talk about that in a sec too but it's just it's so much credit for guys turning around one of the guys who personified that tonight was Xavier Tillman I mean you talk about the guy who's the 35th overall pick in this draft we just had and he closes for this team he gives them huge minutes 23 minutes on the night four of eight from the field two massive threes especially the one in overtime this is a guy who shot 26 percent on one attempt per, from three in college. And he comes in and they trust him, put him out there on three, and he's cashing in those jaw passes. And gosh, were they big time shots. So, so much credit to Taylor Jenkins. But definitely a dark horse from the draft. I love, I love the NBA. I mean, really, all, all professional sports, you get to see those guys who are real true grinders who come in mm-hmm. late in the draft in their respective drafts who turn out to be, you know, either superstars or important role players for their, their organizations. It is a lot of fun, and we just praised on the Grizzlies and so much credit to them for getting it through it. But also, I mean, let's look at the Warriors. It's, I think it's going to be a tough one to swallow because, look, Curry will be bummed because he lost. I don't think Curry – I mean, we're talking about guy. 39 points, 6 of 15 from 3, 13 of 20 from the field. They were doing everything in their power to stop him, doubling him. DeLon Brooks was constantly harassing him. I think it's the other guys who have to look in the mirror. And, Gavin, I'll, let's just start here. That Draymond last floater attempt, they had a chance to win it right there. That was, man, what do you think about that? I'm not saying that I would have made it, but I would have hit the <laughs> you would You wouldn't have made it. I can, I can tell I, you that. <laughs> right now, okay. Prime, maybe. But yeah, I Gavin is in bed. I would have at least hit the rim, okay? Yes. I would have at least hit yes. the rim. But, uh, you know, Draymond really held the ball a little too long. I think he should have put that floater up long before it was as contested as it was. Um, but, I mean, as many games as Draymond has won for that team, you got to count how many times has he sold for them as well. 
in the clutch. The ball does not need to be in his hands unless it's leaving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was tough. I mean, they double Curry right there, so Curry makes the pass to him. But I mean, you still got Jordan Poole. You could have a chance to give, tr- even try to give it to Wiggins, and we can touch Which, on. What a shot yeah. by Jordan Poole at the end of that game, by the way. Yeah, that was it. Was incredible, and, and Poole's had. A, I'm so impressed by the year Poole's had. This is a guy who was struggled out his first year in the league as a top 20 pick. Second year, he's struggling out a little bit this year because he got the whole bubble thing going, uh, COVID bubble, everything going on. They send him to the G League bubble. He balls out. They bring him back. He was a six man. And tonight, six of one from the field, three of five from three, 19 points. So he did work as well. And man, this war- they really do lack depth though because sometimes they bring in those minutes without Steph Curry. And they tried to play, they played Steph the entire second half because they knew they had to have him out there. It's literally like, can one of Jordan Poole or Wiggins be on because we desperately needed them? And as we talked tonight, Poole, he was really good. Wiggins had stretches where he was, but in the fourth, in late in the fourth and in overtime, he was abysmal. I mean, it was, it was brutal. So 10 of 22 looks good, but one of four on three, one of those three. The Warriors desperately need Clay back. And it'll be interesting to see how much of a, how much of a leap that uh, Weissman can make on both ends of the floor uh, next year. I know he's coming, he'll be coming off of an injury. So that, that'll be a big question mark anyway, but a second year player, it should still be an interesting where he'll fit into that whole Warriors dynamic on offense. For sure. Yeah. I'm really interested to see how they work him in the Wiggins aspect of it as well is going to be tough. I mean, I still can't believe how bad Wiggins missed that one three. Xavier, you're talking about Jordan Poole hits a three. Other end, Xavier Tillman, a guy who's not a three-point shooter, drills one. And Wiggins doesn't even hit rim. I, it's, it's rough. And I, I want to love Wiggins from the Minnesota days, but it just he's, he's never, just never going to live up to it. And he, buys, he sucks a lot of people in every time because you see the flashes, you see the moments, and it's just not consistently there. His defense has gotten much better. He played the best defense of his career this year, but it's, it, it's just rough. It's three things, death taxes and Andrew Wiggins at the hype, Andrew Wiggins hype at the beginning of the season. Every year yeah. <laughs> somebody says something like, he's going to make that next step. He's going to make that next step, which he's making steps, mm-hmm. not big steps, very, very small baby steps. One rookie of the year in uh, Minnesota. And then after that, who? Yeah, it's just been rough. It really has been. He has these nice moments where he gets you excited. And he's not, he's not a bad NBA player, I'm saying, but. He's just not a, I'm not saying he's a, he's not a top 30 player. He's not a top 50 player. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's maybe a top 100 player, but this was a guy that I know we give people get Bleacher Report a lot of crap, but when he was listed, I don't, as, I don't he, even want to discuss the, the, the top 100 player rankings before the beginning no. of the season. That was, a, that was <laughs> I'm not, I'm list. not talking about those. I'm talking about a while ago, Bleacher Report did a list and they had projected Wiggins was going to be the best player in the NBA in five years. Like I'm just saying that was something that could happen. This dude got a rookie deal before he even played on the, NBA court, but either way, we give, we give Wiggins way more time than he deserved. But one last thing I want to handle with the Warriors that they do have to improve for next year, season is the turnovers. They had 21 turnovers tonight. They had 20 turnovers in their loss to the Lakers as well. And I'm looking at two guys in Steph and Draymond. They combined for 12 turnovers, six and six each against the Lakers. Tonight, they combined for 13 with Steph going for seven, Draymond going for six. Draymond is a talented passer, and they run the offense through him a lot because we they have Curry running every which way off every kind of screen, cutting all over the place. But He's way too risky with the ball sometimes. And I mean, even a guy like Juan Toscano Anderson, who's been a great story in the hustle back this year, you can't be a role player and have four turnovers in a must-win game like this. So they got to work on their ball security. They got to improve the rest of this roster around Curry. But man, he's incredible. I mean, what stood out to you just seeing some of the shots that Steph made these last two games? Uh, if you don't well, if you don't say Steph shooting, then there's, there's really it's just his his conditioning is insane. It's absolutely insane. It's almost like he has a third lung. He is just all over the place. I know 
I remember CJ CJ McCollum mentioning something about that after uh, their playing game against the Lakers last night. Uh, so Steph's conditioning is unreal to to play that many minutes to run around as much as he does. It's just unbelievable. And once they once they figure out that offense and get get a few more guys in there that that fit that you know style of play, I think they'll go back to being a very dangerous team in the West. Not the best team in the West, but a, a dangerous team in the West. You alluded to Wiseman coming back earlier. You talked to Don Clay coming back. They're more than likely going to get the Timberwolves pick because of that D'Angelo Russell trade this year because it's more than likely not going to be top three. This is a Warriors team that could easily be in the finals next year. Honestly, I, I think they really could. Off but, the top of my head, I can't think of anything that they – well, obviously, they need a lot, but I can't think of a position that they need off the top of my head that sticks out. Um maybe a wing player but they have Wiggins so it's it's really just yeah the best, best player available for them come draft. I think yeah and I think even they could package something and still look for the other star I'll be interested I mean they're best with Draymond at the five so it's also interesting to see how Wiseman fits there I think they could really use another versatile forward like that who can come in defend and hit the big time three you want to make that prediction now are you gonna Let's, are you gonna stake that claim of uh, a package deal of their first round pick Wiseman and maybe Jordan Poole or another role player, Ubre, potentially being in yeah. a deal or another star. Yeah, I just don't know what they could. I, I'm trying to figure out who could be available. I think Bradley Beal's going to stay in Washington. That's the one. Whenever we're, whenever anyone thinks of a star, it's on Beal. Him. I don't know if Beal would fit in that. And he's the one. I don't know if he would either. He's just the first. Like he's the biggest star. Like that pack. Another Clay. I thought about uh, Paul George for a second, but honestly, I I still feel like he stays with the Clippers. So oh, I want out. That could be interesting. If, I mean, we never know Kawhi's there, right? So anything that's true. would surprise that's true. him. But it's, yeah. it's quiet, quiet as he is. Yeah. Very true. Credit, credit to Memphis. They've put the Grizzlies in the past, and they've put the, they've put the Warriors in the past, and now we'll, we'll move forward into the main point of this episode, which is playoff previews. But one playoff series in particular caught so, our since the reason we got this started. Hold on. We recorded episodes two years ago where we got our start or it's where this this friendship blossomed into what it is today the sun sucked when we recorded two years ago and they weren't exactly that much better last year but they're two seed now and it's the most phoenix suns thing me being the resident suns fan to win 50 plus games in a shortened season and get rewarded with the defending champion los angeles lakers as a seven seed in the first round of the playoffs it's the most phoenix suns thing i've ever seen but you know, there's only so much we can do. So it sucks, and it really is. It's a tough. It's going to be a tough matchup. And let's talk about it and break it down. So when you talk about the Lakers, it's a team that went 42 and 30 on the season, got the seventh seed, won that playing game versus the Warriors, so they locked it up. When you talk about the Suns, a team that went 51 and 21, shocking everyone. I I considered myself higher on the Suns than most. I had them. I did think they'd be a four or five seed, which I thought was. Still, I thought it was still pretty good. And then even then, I think they shocked everyone from there. Gavin, where did you think this team would finish? So I had them as a four or five seed. I thought that their ceiling was a second or third seed, which obviously I'm a bit more biased than most just because of how much I do love the Suns and how closely I would follow them. Um, but I, I said this before the playoffs, and this, this is before the play-in games as well. If I were the Suns right now, I'd want to face the Warriors for obvious reasons in a seven-game series. If the Suns were in a similar position to the Grizzlies, somebody else was in the two-seed, and we were one of the bubble teams trying to play their way in, I would not want to play the Warriors in a one-game 
plan. I thought the Warriors were scarier in one game plan, but I also think that the Lakers are substantially more difficult in a seven game series, which, you know, that's not the most outlandish thing somebody's going to say. It's very obvious. I am not particularly worried for playing the Lakers. I mean, it's for me, it's, you know, 50 50. My mind is 50 50 here. I, I think people aren't giving the Suns enough credit. Uh, I mean, nobody thought we'd be a two seed, so I'm not surprised that Vegas has the Lakers as a favorite. But looking at it from a, I don't know how to say this, a neutral, a neutral standpoint, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, I think it's closer to 50 50 than people give it credit for. I think it may go six or seven games. Uh, and it's either way. If we get bounced, you know, we get bounced. It's the Lakers. They're healthy. They're the defending champions. It's There's not much we can do. Uh, but at the same time, I think we have a deeper roster than most. I think our team is is led top to bottom, both on the floor and off the floor, uh, just about as well as any other organization, par Robert Sarver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for it, and I'm and I'm nervous. I was 11 years old the last time the Suns were this good, and I think if they get bounced, I'm gonna get a lot of text messages from people I don't even talk to anymore. So, uh, I don't know. You know, yeah. my heart my heart says they're gonna come out of the West. So I'll leave it at that. You got what my always, heart says. Always trust your heart. Your heart will. I always say trust your heart. I know some people say always trust your mind. I, I'm a heart guy because that way, at the end of the day, if, if things do go wrong, you're like, ah, at least you can be happy with yourself. But before we dive a little bit more into the current matchup, I thought it would be take a deep dive, a little, talk a little bit more about some of the past games they've had this year. Now, there hasn't been a great indicator of what these two teams have been because neither one have really been healthy when they've played in their three matchups. Go back to the first one, which was March, March all the way back on March 2nd in L.A. The Suns did win that game 114-104. I think but that the, was were – both teams, were both teams healthy at that game? No, because know. Anthony Davis did not play. Okay. Anthony Davis did not play. LeBron had a really good game. Going for going one for one for thirty eight points. He had a really nice night, but they did go down. Gavin, any guesses for who led you in scoring that night? It's not it's not Devin Booker, but Dario Sarch with twenty one. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me, but it's okay because <laughs> which, if you don't mind, I'm going to say this: we are our record is substantially better when Booker scores twenty or more points, but it's also significantly worse when he scores thirty or more points. When Booker has to carry the load, we don't play as well as we should. We play team basketball. We don't have one guy. I mean, Booker can easily be that guy. Everybody knows that. Uh, very efficient scorer, one of the NBA's best scorers. Uh, but at the same time, if Book has to go off for 30 or 40 points, we don't – the rest of the team is typically not playing well. Hopefully he can still put out those numbers and we still play as good a team ball as we have before. But looking at our record when he scores 30 or more points – that's a downside. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to monitor that. So, then we shift to the March 21st game in Phoenix. This one is even more difficult because there was no LeBron and no Anthony Davis. Still nice to see Booker and eight each at 26 and CP3 at a triple double. Kind of fun. There were two key bench guys that stepped up in this game for the Lakers that I'm going to touch on a little bit in the future as well that I think could have a chance to make a difference in the series. And when we're talking about the final game, of the season, the third and final matchup they've played three times this year. On May 9th, they played the Lakers in LA, and the Lakers won 123 to 110. This was the Anthony Davis game. He went off 42 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, three steals, three blocks. Got to the line 17 times too. Was extremely aggressive. So it'll be interesting. We'll, and we'll talk about in a second how the 
the Suns handle AD. But I want to start first with, I always think it's so interesting to see, especially with two teams as deep as the Suns and the Lakers, who are going to have guys that do not play, who would definitely play and could even potentially start for some of the worst playoff teams. There's some really good guys. the Warriors. Teams. Yes, exactly. Yes, the Warriors. these teams could have had guys that played much more for the Warriors or, yeah, even some of those other teams. But, okay, so what do you think the Suns rotation will be? Well, obviously, the starting rotation is probably going to be, obviously, Chris Paul, Booker, Aiton are going to be the three main guys. Bridges is going to be the three. The four spot is going to be interesting. I don't know if they'll start with Saric. I think it depends on what the Lakers roll out. Um, if the Lakers, for some reason, decide to go Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond, which is very well a possibility. They will. Then it'll be Saric and Aiton. Uh, Crowder coming off the bench as the sixth man. Still playing a substantially high number of minutes, obviously, uh, being a very important wingman that we that we need desperately. But I think it'll be those five. But it, it's either it, – you know what? Now that I think about it, they may play Cam Johnson, mm-hmm. which defensively that's a mismatch. But offensively that's also a mismatch as well, depending on where Anthony Davis decides to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, the only reason I was a little skeptical. If Anthony Davis is on eight – guard anyone. If Anthony Davis is on Aiton, then it's a mismatch. But if mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is on Cam, then obviously, you know, that's going to provide problems. But uh, see, the next three guys probably off the bench after Crowder are going to be Cam. Cam. Yeah. yeah. Both Cams. Um, we might see a little bit of uh, the Bulldog, Javon Carter. Oh, Javon. Javon Carter. Javon Carter is a lot of fun. You gotta, yeah, you got to make that clear for us. Right, we, we call him a bulldog. <laughs> my, my apologies. I gave uh, a better chances. What about Tory Craig? I feel like Tory Craig's got a better chance. Tory, to- that was the next person I was going to mention. Yeah. Tory Craig's probably going to get a lot of minutes as well just because the, the Lakers' size is a problem. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, I have a personal grudge for Alex Caruso. I hope he gets dunked on, dropped. Every bad thing happens to him during this seven-game series because when we recorded our All-Star episode, and I don't know if you're way back. Yeah. Way back then, two years ago. Oh no, Gavin. Our all-star game, the fans voted more for Alex Caruso (laughs) than they did Devin Booker. And I will never forget that because (laughs) why we let the fans have that much of a say in the vote blows my mind, but nonetheless, that's where I stand with him. So, but that's, I think that's going to be, I think we might play a full nine, nine or 10 man rotation. I think we're going to have to de- dive a little bit deeper into the beat, uh, the bench than we normally would. Uh, normally would play like a seven, eight, nine man rotation. I think this time it's going to be closer to a nine, 10, 11 man rotation mm-hmm. just because the Lakers are as deep as we are. I don't know how much rest LeBron yeah. and Anthony Davis are going to need during this series. I think obviously playoff LeBron's a different animal. So he'll play a you know crap ton of minutes, but. Again, he's coming off an ankle injury, which he said, I'm not 100%. Anthony Davis is coming off of a knock. Something happened to him between the last time we played and now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I have to, I have to look at this game objectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I get too distracted emotionally just because of everything that's riding on it. But I don't know. That's, that's where I'm sitting right now. I think that'll be the, the nine or ten man rotation we take. Yeah, I, I think not for me. I look at it and go, I would imagine it's nine early on. Just And you watch more Suns than I have, of course. But just from what I see, the way I look at it is the two guys who are for sure going to come off the bench and play for me are, I'm going to go with Crowder starts. So I'm going to go Cam Johnson and Dario Sarge are for sure 
coming in no matter what. Now, two guys that I think, yeah, they'll for sure come in. I think two guys that will come in early in the series but could lose their minutes to a guy like Javon Carter, who I don't think will play early, are Cameron Payne and, and Torrey Craig. If Torrey Craig can't make a three, I don't know how he, he plays in this series. If, if you bring in a guy like Javon Carter and maybe Carter's hitting, I think he replaces him. And the same thing with Cameron Payne. If Cameron Payne just gets out there and looks outmatched, his shot's not falling, I don't think he'll play in every game either. That's how I see it. So I'm very interested to see how they manage it. But I think, I think it'll be a nine main rotation for the first game. That's how I see it. In regards to minutes, I think Frank Kaminsky, because that's somebody that we look a lot, look over quite a bit, myself included, at the beginning of the season before they made that sign from, was it the Kings practice squad? Or something? I believe so. I don't yes. know what. Yeah, bring uh, him back. I didn't, I didn't want to bring him back, but he's been a revelation this year. He's up his play, and he's been a happy addition to the squad. I've been very happy having him back. But I, I would be lying to you if I said that I wanted him back when we were discussing signing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of the season but I think Frank could see a lot of minutes and not for the right reasons I think one of the keys to the the Suns winning this series is keeping it uh DeAndre Ayton out of foul trouble which of course being tasked with guarding Anthony Davis is going to be a tough ask of somebody who's in their second third year of the league Mm -hmm. um so it's I don't know I mean it's going to be tough for both him and if Kaminsky gets a lot more minutes than he probably should. It's also going to be tough for, for us because Kaminsky's somewhat of a liability on the defensive end. I think on the offensive end, he provides a much needed passing big, which mm-hmm. I think this season he doesn't get as, as much credit for. Uh, so, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what we decide to do given foul trouble, which I think we'll have a lot of people running into. Chris Paul will probably even that out. He'll, he'll draw some fouls that he probably shouldn't because it's Chris Paul. So yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. And I'll actually touch on why I didn't include Kaminsky in mind in just a second. But let's shift over to the Lakers. So for the Lakers, I think they're going to go the normal Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond. Caruso, I think, will come off the bench very quickly. Ooh. We'll also see Kyle Kuzma come off the bench very quickly for this team. And then after that, it gets kind of interesting. So does guys like – because how if we're looking at how they did the minutes in the play-on game – Talon Horton Tucker, Montrez Harrell, those guys played in the first half. They got benched in the second half because they weren't doing their good enough job. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I think Harrell will get the start early here, but I think if Harrell struggles in some of the early games, I think they could look to Mark Gasol. Anthony Davis is going to close these games at the five for the Lakers. He's just their best option at the five. The Drummond signing in some ways was redundant because they already had their best guy at the five. So I'll be very interested to see, but I expect it to be, I do expect the Lakers to play those I and you know I think Wesley Matthews plays too. So I actually do think the Lakers in game one, they play 10 guys. They play the starting lineup, and then it is Dan Horton, Tucker, Caruso, Wesley Matthews, Kyle Kuzma, Montrose Harrell. That's how I see it. So I do see 10 for the I Lakers. think it'll be very interesting. I think it's gonna be very interesting to see how the Lakers I mean it's it's gonna go back and forth. It really depends on who's more dominant in the first couple couple of minutes, maybe the first quarter and a half offensively. Uh, the Suns obviously are significantly smaller inside than the Lakers. The Lakers are, as you just mentioned, four huge names inside with Anthony Davis, Montrezl Harold, Andre Drummond, and Marc Gasol. Granted, Marc Gasol is like 40, but mm-hmm. it's still Marc Gasol. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of size, so if we can somehow you know, push out a, a five with even Saric at the five and we're, and we're just running around them, just playing, you know, transition offense, transition defense, which you know the Lakers don't struggle with too bad. But if they're playing too many bigs at the time, 
we may see a smaller lineup from them. And then vice versa, if the Lakers are just dominating us inside, then who knows what, what we're going to do instead by taking some of our guards off and leaving. I don't know. It's, it's going to go back and forth. It's, it's a tennis match. It really is. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see how they play it. So let's move on to some of the specific keys. So I got a few that I'm going to go over and ask you about. And if you got some on the end, that goes on as well. So first, who, who guards AD and LeBron? Well, LeBron's probably going to be tasked with, well, see, Torrey Craig, Jay Crowder, Bridges are probably going to be the three to – Who in the starting line? You think Bridges takes LeBron? Bridges, Bridges was taken first. I mean, the difficulty is going to be guarding him in the post since he's posting mm-hmm. up a lot more. Bridges isn't that much of a stronger guy than most, but perimeter-wise, I think he'll do a good job. Um, I, and, and by good job, I mean holding LeBron to sub-LeBron standard uh, stats. Uh Anthony Davis is going to be an interesting one mm-hmm. because obviously I mentioned earlier, the key is keeping Aiton in the game uh, at the beginning of the season. When we went, I think we started the season eight and eight, those first 16 games, Aiton was in foul trouble fairly early, quite a lot. And uh, that was the reason why we lost some games. Cause he, he couldn't play as many minutes. And when he got back out there, he wasn't in his groove yet. Keeping him out there is going to be important. So I don't know if they're going to task him with guarding Anthony Davis right away but at the same time, I don't know who we're going to start that would take that task away from him. Jay Crowder's a, a fantastic defender, but I don't know if he's going to be able to stop Anthony Davis any better than DeAndre Ayton has. And mind you, DeAndre Ayton's been one of the better interior defenders in the league this year, statistic-wise. Uh, so he's probably going to get the nod. I mean, I, I'm just thinking every hypothetical situation out there. But if, yeah. if, it'll be those two who get the, get the nod probably yeah. a significant amount of time. In crunch time, I definitely think it'll be AD because I think AD will be at the five. So this is what I, w- I wanted to pull it up just to see because I was curious about Crowder because the last time Jay Crowder played the Lakers in the playoff series, it was the NBA Finals. So how did those guys, LeBron and AD, do in those series? Anthony Davis started the game. Crowder started would start the game guarding Davis, and then later on to close those games, he would guard LeBron. So obviously he did not guard one of these guys the entire time, but I just do think it is worth mentioning in that series. LeBron went for 29, 11 rebounds, 8.5 assists average, 80, 25, and 10. So Crowder, he, I really, I've always been a huge Jay Crowder fan. I think I like his toughness and the way he steps up. I think he's a physical guy. He can hit some big-time shots, and I really appreciate him like that. The only flaw he has in, on his defense is he talks too much. And he, in the past series, he got, he got under LeBron's skin a little bit. It didn't work, and not in a good way. Got LeBron mad, and LeBron started to go off. So that's something that will be interesting to see if he does have to guard LeBron a few times if he triggers that again. And then Davis does have the size mismatch. So I'm interested. I'm very interested to see how they guard him as well. And also, I mean, it's just one thing I don't think you guys will do for sure, though, is in those I was before we got on again, I went back and I watched that Anthony Davis game where he had that great game against you guys. You guys started Torque Craig on it. Obviously, that's not going to happen. And Davis, sometimes he is a little soft. We saw that against Draymond Green. But Draymond Green has a size, strength and physicality that Torrey Craig does not. Torrey Craig is a nice physical guard, but it's a guard versus a power forward center. So he gave him problems early and AD was doing some nice work on DeAndre. So I would love, and AD has been a guy who disappears too. So that's one I'm really excited to see how DeAndre does against Anthony Davis. And if Anthony Davis is going to be consistent throughout the whole series. And you mentioned Crowder switching on to uh, LeBron in that final series. He was in a weird spot with that heat team at the time. Uh, and I, and I, it's because they had Jimmy Butler who can obviously take the, take some minutes guarding LeBron and mm-hmm. then you have Bam down low who's can who's obviously more versatile 
we talked about the DeAndre Ayton. So, I mean, it goes hand in hand. So I don't know if if he's cast. I mean, he's obviously going to guard both of them at some point in time, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the luxury that he did with that Heat team. I don't think that uh, Bridges or uh, Aiton provide the versatility that Bam and and Jimmy Butler do. Both, all four of them, fantastic defenders in their own right. I just think that Jimmy and uh, Bam have more versatility than both Bridges and Aiton do. Yeah, the last thing. Last thing I'll touch on with this that's a little bit of a concern for me and a little bit of Suns I've watched. Sometimes late in those games, we saw it happen big time against the Brooklyn Nets earlier. DeAndre transition defense can be a little tough when some of these teams go small. And Anthony Davis is one of the best at running the floor. And LeBron is obviously one of the best quarterbacks. Davis is a big target wide receiver. So that could create some potential problems if Aiden doesn't do a good job of getting back. It'll be interesting to monitor that. Now, shifting to our next thing. How will the Suns score against the Lakers? It may seem like a simple question, but we've seen the Lakers get in many shooting struggles throughout their past playoff runs last year and even the regular season this year. But they always stay in games because of that physical defense led by guys like KCP, Caruso, and of course, Anthony Davis, who's one of the league's best defenders. So my question to you, Gavin, is how do you think the Suns are going to try and attack and score on this intimidating Lakers defense? Well, looking at how the Suns have played offense, this season, I think this is going to be this plays into one of the keys to the game, uh, the series for me as well. The first quarter, I'm not particularly worried. I think that we'll start off the same way the Warriors did against the Lakers by taking an early lead. Um, that coming by way of Devin Booker. Devin Booker starts the game hot. You know, it's just if you look at his scoring by uh, by quarter, I think first quarter he's like averaging. I don't, I don't know the number off the top of my head, so you'll have to fact check me and call me out later. Uh, I think he's averaging close to 15 points in the first quarter, and then the second quarter he's just quiet. I mean, the rest of the game he averages 10 points. He averages 11 points through the next three quarters, so that's crazy. And then he heats up again in the third, occasionally the fourth. It just depends. Yeah. If, if the game's close in the fourth, that's when he picks it up. But if it's not, then he's just going to – he doesn't mind playing backseat. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I'm interested to see if Booker can keep that pace going all four quarters because he'll come out and he'll start hot. LeBron won't be worried because LeBron's been in this situation more than anybody else ever. Um, so I think scoring in the first quarter is going to be Booker. I think the rest of the game, when Anthony Davis and LeBron are both off the floor, it'll come by way of our bench unit because our bench unit, the pace is significantly different than, than our starting unit. And I think our bench unit will take advantage of that. Uh, being led by campaign so I don't know I mean I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of mid-ranges I don't think we'll attack the inside as much as we would uh, most other people but if Aiton's hot then then Aiton's hot you know we'll we'll attack down low if we need to but I think it's going to be we're going to be living beyond the arc uh, reminiscent of the seven second D'Antoni offense Uh, that and then mid-ranges just really whatever we can get I think transition is probably the next best thing for us yeah i think that makes a lot of sense and i think what i'm really interested to is you kind of touched on there too i think you guys are led obviously by your superstar backcourt and they're the reasons you're going to have success on the offensive enemy in the series because they have the advantage especially early the lakers best perimeter defender is alex caruso and he does not start of course they start kcp so booker could be able to score on him early chris paul's practiced against dennis schroeder so many times last year in okc he knows a lot of his tricks and knows how he operates Going to be able to take advantage of that. Also, whenever Anthony Davis is not at the five, the Andre Drummond Montrose Harrell minutes, 
Put those guys in pick and rolls and let drum and let Devin Booker and Paul operate as they've done so well throughout their career. So I do agree. I think there's an advantage there early on. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to capitalize it and jump out. But I definitely think that's where they got to focus on. Not trying to get DeAndre Ayton going. So let's get De- let's Devin Booker. I mean, this is his first playoff series for a reason. So let's get Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Let's attack those guards. Let's attack those guys in the pick and roll. And I'll be very interested to see how they go about it. Uh, forgive me. I'm looking up his uh, quarter splits as far as points go. The only issue, uh, while I'm here, the interesting thing is Devin Booker averages 23.3 points coming off of three plus days of rest. So hopefully that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it means we win the game, then we win the game. So. Yeah. You know, yeah, let's talk about that right now, honestly. I mean, this is Devin Booker is, I think, one of the better young players in the NBA. Obviously, you do. You have a tattoo of him on your face right now. <laughs> but I mean, this is very a playoff series. Playoff basketball is a very totally different animal. And I, we've been waiting for this opportunity for a long time to see how he would rise up and step up. We all think he's that dude. My question to you, Gavin Dawson, is how's he going to do in this series, his first ever playoff series? I'm not concerned. Booker is going to be Booker. I think he's going to take his game to the next level and, uh, and truly hone in to what Kobe Bryant said to him. Be legendary. That would be and, awesome. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm all here for it. I think Booker's going to surprise a lot of people. But at the same time, if he scores, you know, 19 points in his first playoff game and we still win, he's not going to care, and I'm not going to care. That's the best part. I hope not, yes. <laughs> that is the best part. For sure. So, yeah, I think, I think he's going to ride – I personally think he's going to ride the action down. I think he's going to have some big games. I think he's going to have some games where it's frustrating he's held under those 20 points, and there might be some losses. So I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle – I mean, it'd be awesome if it was like a Luka-level playoff debut. I think that would be really cool. Um, A Tatum-level playoff debut, that'd be awesome. I think it's going to be somewhere between. I think there's going to be games where he looks like that, and I think there's other games. I I think it'll be more akin to Donovan Mitchell's first playoffs with the Utah Jazz versus the Thunder those years ago. There were some games where Mitchell stepped up, and he was that dude and was awesome. There are other games where he was very quiet, and Joe Ingles was the leading scorer for the Jazz that game, so – yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be very interesting to watch. So that's something definitely having. We'll have we'll have somebody like that. Very, we'll have a very similar situation to that. You're exactly right. We'll have somebody yeah. from our bench step up, and he'll go. They'll go off for maybe 19 to 25 points, somewhere in that range. It'll be somebody that we don't expect, but at the same time, Booker will average or will get 20 points. Mm-hmm. People people won't talk about it as much just because the guy will be so you know surprising. But at the same time, you know. I'm hoping for more of a, a 30 plus point booker, you know, who shows up to the playoffs. But, you know, if, like I said, I'm just there to win. So if, if Booker scores two points and we, and we win, I, I really do not care. So, and I, I, I mean, obviously I don't think he does either. So. Yeah. Which is exactly. Know. That's, that's what you like to hear. Obviously is that they don't, they don't care like that. I think that's a really good point. So let's, let's talk about those young guys. Who's going to be the, who are the young guys that you look to step up and grow up? Cause a lot of these guys are only in their second and third year in the league, and they're going to be asked to try to knock off LeBron James. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to look to Bridges to step up. I mean, he stepped up big time this season. Um, I think he should have been – obviously, I don't think he should have won it, but I think he should have been in consideration for most improved player. Uh, but obviously, you know, his, his growth wasn't as marginal as the guys who made the short list. Uh, Bridges obviously has to step up. I think campaign really is going to prove a lot of people wrong. He's going to be somebody that has to step up. He stepped up huge for us in the bubble. 
He stepped up huge for us this season. He's been a real spark off the bench. Um, but play, come playoff time, I think that's another thing. I mean, I remember, I think it was the Thunder GM saying something about him thinking after just two days of practice that he doesn't even deserve to be in the NBA. And for him to be where he's at now is fantastic. Uh, but I think he's going to he's gonna be the guy to prove a lot of people wrong. And we have some people off the uh, off of the uh, the bench that are, are going to come off and, and be some of those. Oh, granted, we don't have a lot of playoff experience. Our playoff veterans in uh, Langston, I think Langston Galloway and each one more both have some a little bit of experience. So to see to maybe see those guys come off the bench and provide, you know, five or six points would be fantastic. Yeah, that would like, yeah, that would be awesome to see a veteran like him step up. Um, I'm going. I, I, as far I'm, as young guys go, I don't know if there's anybody else. I'm about as big a Mikael Bridges fan as you'll find, and I think as much as I'd love to say him, I really think he's going to have a tough series. I just think it's tough because he's going to have to guard LeBron, and because you touched on earlier, I think LeBron he's going to do a good job cutting LeBron off and make it hard on him. LeBron isn't as explosive as he used to be coming off the injury, but I think he's going to torture him on the block a little bit. And I think I don't think this is the series where he has his playoff. That'll be where his issue. So I'm going to go with Cameron. So I'm going to go with Cameron Johnson. I think Cameron Johnson has a big game. I, I don't know why it's just hit me, but I think for some reason you're going to win one game because Cameron Johnson went for 20 points and hit five. We're winning more than one game, but no, 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 no. One, of the games, one of <laughs> yeah. the games, yeah. one of the games. That's what I think is going to happen this year. You go off like that. So that'll be a, that'll be very interesting to see. I'm also very curious to see how the Lakers shoot. I mean, we see this every series where they have these issues, guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso, those are very streaky shooters. Wesley Matthews is a streaky shooter. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how the Lakers shoot it. I think DeAndre Ayton is somebody that we have to watch as well because I, I tend to forget as well just how much of a young player he is. So seeing how he'll step up playing against these two titans of the league in LeBron and Anthony Davis is going to be an eye-opener open, eye for sure. He's had some really good defensive games, like fantastic defensive games against some of the best offensive players in the league. Uh, when he's needed to, and sometimes when he's not. But Aiton, I remember, played a really fantastic game against uh, Giannis when he was on him uh, a few mm-hmm. years ago. I think it was – it might have been last year. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. Um, but there are flashes of him – I mean, him on Embiid as well. Uh, he held Embiid. Uh, him on Gobert. I mean, I know Gobert is not much of an offensive issue. But mm-hmm. even, on the def- even on the defensive end, he gave – or on the offensive end, he gave Gobert some problems. So – this will be a, a stepping stone opportunity for DeAndre Ayton as well. And if he can step up and be more of a player than he has been over the last three years, then that'll be huge for us as well. Because mm-hmm. every, every, I mean, start of the season, he was one of the, the dominoes that we needed to fall. Playoff time is going to be the exact same situation. He needs to be mm-hmm. one of those dominoes who falls. So, yeah. I think he's another, um, I think he's a good, the only reason I'm not picking him in that big series is because I think he's just going to draw at the Davis a lot. And I think that's a tough matchup for him, but. It would be great if he's able to get it done. So one last, the last big thing I'm looking for in this series is how did Andre Drummond and Dennis Schroeder fit into things? I don't, LeBron, going to be LeBron. Anthony Davis is going to disappear for two games and then be, and be obviously awesome on defense every game. But Andre Drummond, is he going to find a place? Is he going to close some games for this team because he's playing? I think he will. Is Dennis Schroeder, is he going to really struggle like he did? Or is he going to have some big playoff games like he did against the Rockets last year when he was the Thunder, when he was the sixth man of the year for the NBA, or sixth man of the year runner-up, sorry, Montrose Harrell was. So, I'm really, I mean, I could even throw Montrose Harrell in this group. I'm really interested to see how these three guys kind of manage out. Are they able to play in closing and crunch time? Because Vogel, Frank Vogel is a great coach. I give him a lot of credit for the job he does rotating, managing these guys' minutes. 
he's not someone who's just going to play him just because they're big name players. I'm really interested to see how these guys step up. And I think it's going to be hit or miss. I think Drummond isn't going to close the game in the series. I think he's going to struggle in times, have some good moments in times. Shorter will close some, shorter will not some. I think Montrose Harrell a lot is really going to struggle, unfortunately. I, I think there's a lot of games where he doesn't play in the second half because his first half defense was that poor. I think those three, it comes down to what I had said earlier. It's going to come down to what's been effective against us. If if it's if it's in the paint, if we're struggling in the paint, and if they're struggling in the paint, then it's going to be the bigger guys that, that come in and close games, get more minutes. If we're playing small ball and it's and it's been really effective against them, then it's going to be Schroeder who gets more minutes. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Harold might get more minutes if if we're playing small ball, just because he's a bit more mobile as a center than most. Um, but I mean, it just, it just really plays into what I said earlier. It, it's going to come down to whether or not um, the interior, both offensively and defensively, is more effective than what's going on outside on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree, and I'm I'm really interested to see how it unfolds. One thing I've been I was looking up Gavin because I was very curious about when it comes to your son is, um, and I think Chris Paul kind of skews the stat a little bit. Maybe Jake Crowder does as well, but I was curious about how young you guys are compared to some of the other teams. That no, Chris Paul definitely skews that a little have, bit. Have won an NBA championship, and you guys are twenty. You guys are twenty-seven year olds, the average age, which is actually not even in the top ten. Wouldn't be of the youngest teams to ever win it. So, so if you if you take if you take both of them out, then. If you take both of them out, then it'll be. Yeah. Which I, I mean, you could technically do, but there's such integral parts of the team, right? So you yeah. can't really. Uh, obviously. Yeah. Rest of the team is like 24, 25. So the one interesting thing is, though, of this list of the 10 youngest championship teams ever, only one of them has happened since, my gosh, 19. The set, so the most recent is the 2014 15 Warriors. They were 26.3. After mm-hmm. that, the next most recent. The 1979-1980 Lakers at 25. So hmm. it is crazy. It's been that long. It just shows, shows the trend in the league, too, of the, the veterans like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. But um, again, I'm going to open up to you, Gavin. Is there any big other things for the series you think we should hit on before we give our predictions? Oh, everybody's got to show up. Some can't win the series. How, how healthy do you think LeBron is? I just thought about this one. Well, if he's actually true to his word, he's like 80%. 80%. That's what I was going to go with. I was I hadn't heard that quote, and I was honestly going to say I think he's like 80 85%. If he's actually true to his word, which it's LeBron, he could be lying. Like, obviously, he didn't see, obviously, I don't think he saw three baskets the other night, but you know, <laughs> exactly. it's so funny on that, on that same topic. I'm sorry to brush away. No, you're totally fine. Yeah, I don't. From what we were just talking about, but I saw people were talking about how. It's crazy how LeBron can be this good and have his clutch shot be under the narrative of luck. Well, if it's by what he said, he's picking the middle basket. That is luck. It's a one in three chance he picks the right one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally the definition of luck. Yeah, that was weird he went with that. Because, I mean, look, obviously it's a very deep shot, but I did, I did not think that was luck when I saw it. I, maybe not the step back portion of it, but I get only practice shooting from there. I'm only saying it's luck because he said that he shot at one of the yeah. three baskets in his life. Yeah, I, I think, think he, he was, just, build, I think he was just building the legend of it up. Like either way, either way. Yes. You know. He likes to sell things, like when he got poked in the eye and acted like he was dead for 10 minutes. Yeah, like, like he, he's going to use – I feel like he might be BSing about the, the ankle injury as well. Yeah. Just, I, just maybe, a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Just maybe. a little bit. I, I mean, like, I obviously, you know, it, he's not – 
Mm-hmm. No, but I, how long I get what you're saying because we don't, we can't, we can't trust. Him, so I get what you're saying there. He'll put it as a caption on his Instagram once I win yeah. the title. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, very well could. But all right, so we have pretty much hit on everything about this series. I mean, it's a phenomenal series. We didn't even touch on the coaching matchup, which I feel is extremely even, as I have a ton of respect for Monty Williams, and I think mm. touched on Vogel, <laughs> Vogel's of Vogel's yeah, that, that, that's totally fine. That, yeah, they're both great coaches. So I think you can side it um, either way. But, all right, Gavin, seven-game series. You guys do have home court advantage. Oh, Suns are winning. What's your final prediction? for how many Suns games? are winning. Suns okay. are winning at six. Suns are winning at six. Why? Because we're, we're the number two seed. We're just better. <laughs> it's it's simple. Now, nah, in all honesty, my head – like my heart's saying six games – we're going to win six games. We're going to claim the first two games on the, on at home. We'll drop the next two on the road and then it'll be, we'll claim one on the road over the next, the following two games. I think Monty's game plan and uh, Chris Paul's leadership are going to take us there. But my head is telling me, you know, they're the defending champion Lakers. It's LeBron James. Even if he is old, uh, it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the most dominant players in the league. We haven't been in the playoffs in 11 years. We don't have a whole lot of playoff experience outside of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder and Dario Saric, if you can count that coming off the bench for the 76ers during his time there. I think the Lakers are going to win it probably in, in five or six. In my head, at least, when my, you know, looking at it objectively. Um, so objectively, you would take the Lakers. Yeah, objectively, I'd take the Lakers just as anybody else would. Like, it's it's not a surprise. They're only down there because they because of injuries. Yes. But my heart's telling – no, no, fuck all that, all right? It's just going to be – it's going to be the Suns, all right? The Suns are winning in six. The Suns are coming out of the West, and they're going to play the Nets, and it's going to be a fun-ass NBA Finals this year. Well, we are supposed to save that till the end, but since you already just said it. Well, okay, who's winning that matchup? Uh, well, the Suns, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> my heart, okay? In my heart. So don't judge me to to uh, – we'll get to my objective finals when we get to the end. But If I, the Suns win a championship this year, I don't even know. I, I, I worry about you. I don't even know. Like, in a positive way. Like, I'll cry. I just, I I'll cry. Like, I'm the firstborn You son. might explode like, from joy. <laughs> I will cry. I will cry. Yeah. I will cry. My Twitter will be all caps, and it will be like my firstborn son. I'll have to get a tattoo or something. It'll be unbelievable. Oh my God. My, yeah, you my got, dad you got the other side. happy. You got the other side of your cheek. You hey. got the eight, the Booker one here, the, the championship hey. one on the other side. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Suns 2020, uh, 2021 champions on my forehead. Hey, Just right across the forehead. <laughs> get the get the Jason Terry calf tattoo mm-hmm. of the, oh, the Larry O'Brien yes. trophy. Yes. You know? I don't know. Oh, that would, that would be legendary. And it would be a lot of fun if the Suns could go on some kind of run. But, you know, my, my heart being a Suns fan, being biased and all that, says the Suns are winning the whole thing. So mm. we'll ignore that because that's hey, delusional, as, as are most fans in the NBA. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. You got to ride with your team, right? If, we'll, you're, we'll, I, we'll if, I, was a, if I was a Tim, if I was a Timberwolves fan, I'd be doing the same. Yeah, thing. you'd be doing the same thing. But we'll there's flip, one. We'll flip it now. What do you, what do you think? What do you think? Objectively. No, I'm not. But I'm not obviously your heart and object. Wait, okay, wait. First, I, I get to spill on being unobjective. First, I'm gonna <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. Go all over my guy, the six nine, born in Akron, Ohio. The king himself has come back to reclaim yeah. the playoff throne, and he may not be 100. Reclaim it from who? 
Maybe claim it. Reclaim it from all the doubters and naysayers. He won, he won it last year. He's still holding all these it. Other guys. All these, but people don't think he's the best player in the world right now. And that is true. There are people who think there are other, other players the best player in the world. And once again, the king will ride on in on his chariot throne and tell them otherwise. Now, looking at this series objectively, why I do think the Lakers are going to win. I just think it's a tough matchup for a young, mm-hmm. a young Suns team. And unfortunately, I don't think they, the matchups aren't particularly great for them in terms of like, a, oh, this is the look. And I know, look, there's no such thing as a LeBron stopper, a guy who can hold LeBron in check. There is such thing as an Anthony Davis stopper. Unfortunately, he just played the best person in doing it in Draymond Green. And you'll hold him in check for a game or two, but I think he's going to give DeAndre Ayton some problems, especially late in games. I think the mm-hmm. same thing with Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, whoever gets thrown on LeBron. I just think in the end, those two guys are going to be too much. I think there will be a game or two where Devin Booker isn't what he needs, what he would probably need to be to knock off these two guys. Even looking at – I love Monty Williams and Chris Paul. Monty Williams is still in his – this is his first seven-game series as a head coach, and I think he was a head coach somewhere else a long time ago. You can double-check me on that. As uh, well. Yeah, let me look that up for you. But either way, Chris Paul, I love Chris Paul. He's a phenomenal story. It's funny how just two years ago – when he was on that Rockets team. So two years ago, Chris Paul was still a villain. He was with James Harden. Then he go, he's the outcast in OKC, and he becomes everyone's hero again. This would by far be the biggest win of playoff win of Chris Paul's career. He's never done anything like knocking off a defending champion and a guy who, in many people like myself, call, call the GOAT, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So he's never done that before. He's never been put up a complete series like that. It's the youth of this team. It's Chris Paul. I don't, I don't think he can be the best player. And I'll just, it, it also can boil down to this in some way. I have a hard time seeing Devin Booker and Chris Paul outplaying LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I just have a hard time seeing this team knock off the defending champion LA Lakers, which is why I have do have the Lakers knocking off the Phoenix Suns in six games, just as you had it, just the other way. He was the head coach of, uh, of the New Orleans Pelicans, which were then the New Orleans Hornets. Oh, so with, uh, with Chris Paul as well. Yes, from 2010 to 2015, I believe. Yeah, so fun connection. And they can go out go out together, as in go out yes. in the playoffs, just like they did. As champions. <laughs> the Lakers. As cha- yeah. <laughs> they didn't go out as champions. But as champions. It, it'll be a fun one either way. Any any rebuttals to what I said? Because I got a chance to rebuttal. No, no you're, you're right. I mean, you, say, you said everything that I said, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much uh, from an objective standpoint. I mean, the Lakers matchup-wise are a nightmare for us. We're just gonna have to play our asses off. It's 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 you really can't put it any other way, mm. um, objectively speaking. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it is. It's tough, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm real. This is by, eh, well, because, just because I think I'm I'm such a huge. I'm so I'm a big LeBron fan. So it's the series I'm most excited to watch. And overall, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. There'll be some really good games. I don't see I don't see a lopsided either way. I mean, if this goes seven, neither of us are surprised. <laughs> I mean, if it goes five, six, seven, I mean, if the, if the Suns win in five, I'll be surprised. Five or less, yeah. I'll be surprised. If the, if the Lakers won in five, I'd be a little surprised just because that means if more than likely if the Lakers won in five, Devin Booker really struggles, right? That or they're just that good, one of the two. Like they or could, if they, they just hit the stride just, at the right time, yeah. They could, they could just win four straight games uh, by like two or three points, just close mm-hmm. games where they just close out. So, you know, they, I mean, there's a lot of ifs. I mean, it's the same thing it is as it is with everything else in life. You know, there's a lot of ifs. So dropping dropping some real knowledge on the pod, Gavin Dawson. Big big, <laughs> big brain over here. Okay, that's never left. Big brain, exactly. That's what we like to 
That's what we like to hear here on the pod. But, <laughs> all right. That we uh, have more than covered Lakers Suns. So let's move on to the rest of them. We're not going to spend anywhere near as much time. Yeah, we'll just, we'll other, just skip we over just it. Did. I'm, let's start yeah. in the West. We're, let's finish off the rest of the West. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't think yeah. whoever wins whoever wins our series, I don't think plays the Clippers in the first round. They'll actually – well, yeah. So the way – Is that, is that – Wait, that's actually – that's not um, – so I'll, t- I'll tell you how it breaks down. So we would have – so first let's start with the predictions though. So – it's going to be Jazz versus Grizzlies. How do you see? How do you see? How do you see the? How do you see Jazz Grizzlies shaking out? <laughs> I don't like the Jazz. So <laughs> and I it's think. not because. And it's not because like oh, jazz, the Jazz fans think that. It's just because of the Donovan Mitchell Devin Booker rivalry, right? It's just, I'd say Grizzlies in six because of that. But it's you know Jazz are going to win in win in five or six. I think. I, yeah, I I only see. It. Unfortunately, I see. It. The only thing I think that could extend this longer is the Donovan Mitchell thing to me. I love I think the job. play of Jack. It's fun. I think Rudy Gobert does a, a good job on Jonas Valanciunas with hurts them. I think Delon Brooks gets a little desperate sometimes and takes some really bad shots. And I think it's a fun game for this Memphis team. Maybe they win a game. I see this as a quick. I see this as four. So let's we'll move on to the next one. I think the play of Jaw is going to be the the difference maker in that series. It'll be fun to watch. I'm really excited to see how he's going to do in that. So after that, we got the four five matchup. Okay. I had the I had the the bracket flipped for me. So. No, it's and something weird happened with the Nuggets and the the clip the Nuggets and the Clippers where they switched at the last minute. Okay. So you're good there. But okay, Clippers Clippers Mavs. How do you see this one going? Last year these two teams played. I believe Mavs it went six. six games. With one more time, Mavs and six. Wow, Mavs and six. And six. I have no I have no faith in pandemic P. Oof. <laughs> I you know what the pandemic has come to an end. And I think pandemic P's coming. <laughs> I think pandemic P, and I'll just call him playoff. I'll call him playoff P. He gets the playoff P nickname back that he never even earned, but somehow started calling himself. He never back. earned. I, mean, I think he somehow, I think he has a decent series. I think Josh Richardson's going to, I don't even know. They, this, the Mavs do not match up with them. Josh Richardson's probably going to have to try to guard him. This team does not match up great with the Clippers defensively. I think the combination of Kawhi Leonard. Also, how am I supposed to bet on Christoph Porzingis being healthy? He got hurt in the series last year. He's always hurt in the series. I think he, he needs to be healthy in order for them to win. Also, I still think if he could punish teams more by going on the block. And I just I know it's a three-point shooting league like that, but man, when they stick some of these smaller guys on you, I I Christoph Porzingis, honestly, I this I'm not gonna try to get too far off track, but honestly, I thought about this. I was trying to figure out who's the most disappointing player in the NBA for me this season. It's Christoph Porzingis. And That's you could say it's more than just this, and you could say it's more than just this season, but this is a guy who looked like he was on his way to being a top 10 player. And I don't even think he's sniffing top 30 right now. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, I think Luca can single-handedly win at least two games by himself. Luca's Luca's fun. I think Luca can single-handedly win two games by himself. He's already sunned uh, playoff P, as you would say, mm-hmm. uh, multiple times, same way Devin Booker's done yeah. it. So, I don't know. But I, I, don't, got, I think it's Mavs and six. I got Mavs and six. It'd be a lot of fun. I have, I have Clippers in five. I think their Clippers are hitting their stride at the right time. I think Luka gets a game, and I just don't think the rest of the supporting cast rises up, and Dallas is going to have to blow, blow a few things up in order to get back. Understandable. Right. Last game of the West. Nuggets, Blazers. Nuggets three seed, Portland six seed. See. It's tough because no Jamal Murray. No Jamal Murray. Uh and Portland's Potential, pretty healthy right now. Potential MVP in, in uh, Jokic. It depends on how good Jokic is, but I'm going to say uh, Trailblazers in seven. Watch it. Trailblazers in seven. Mark I, it. I it, I, just two years. Just two years ago, when we were in the normal play, when we were in that 2019 playoff format, 
the Blazers made the Western Conference Finals in part because they knocked off this Denver team with Jamal Murray. And it was CJ McCollum, I still remember, who had the big game seven performance to seal that. This is the toughest one, honestly, of any of, this, any of the first round series for me to pick. I've gone back and forth on this one a few times. So going back and forth on it a little bit. <laughs> I love Nikola Jokic. I think he's the best passing center we've ever seen. That's not a hot take, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think he's phenomenal. I think Michael Porter Jr. rises up. Aaron Gordon as well. I think, that I think some of the defensive deficiencies are really going to cost the Blazers. And the Nuggets have some defensive deficiencies a little bit too, but I think Aaron Gordon helps solidify that. Michael Porter Jr. is even a better, def- much better defender than he was last year. The Nuggets' size is a problem. Yes. Like, yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah. That, that whole lineup is massive. It is. And they got some, they got some veterans off the bench as well. Even the, I love the Austin River signing. For them. I just think that's the exact, he's literally a worst version of Jamal Murray at this point. He's the kind of guy who could easily go for 20 in a playoff series. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go Nuggets in seven. I, this one totally goes seven to me. I mean, I think just Dame Lillard has some games. I mean, how big of a mismatch is Dame Lillard versus Composito? <laughs> a massive mismatch. Yeah. Which is why <laughs> I, with your, that whole mismatch is the sole reason why I went. And yeah, and it makes, Dame and the Blazers in seven. So that, that'll be a lot of fun to see how that one turns out. All right, moving on over to the Eastern Conference. Start out with that 1-8 matchup. 76ers versus the Wizards. How do you see it going? I forgot 76ers are the one seed in the East. Yeah, really good season. Joel Embiid might have been the MVP if not hurt. Ben five games. Play of the year. Five I like games. 76ers won in five games, maybe six. Maybe six. I can, I, see, I can see Westbrook and Beal taking a second game. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that – the rest of their team can compete with the 76ers. Mm-hmm. So I'd say 76ers in, in five or six. Yeah, I agree. I, I go with the same thing. I think I'm going to go five. I think one game, Russ and Beal have a game, but they have no answer for Joel and Beat. Uh, no. Alex Len, at all. You know, you know, you know. You know. Dan, Daniel D- Gafford is a great story. He's not going to be able to guard him down there. Robert no. Lopez will foul out. Robert Lopez will just foul out. He's not, he's not going to be – he's going to get frustrated and foul out. Then he'll end up fighting mascots. As he oh, always. Robin Lopez was on that Suns team. Yeah, Robin yeah. Lopez was. He's, he jump, jump hook maestro right now, by the way. Leads the NBA and jump hook, jump hook makes. So I've enjoyed watching some uh, – Why do you know that? I'm I not did, surprised. I saw that. I saw that. that. They threw that stat out on Inside the NBA. Ernie Johnson did, and it stuck with me because I'm, okay. I'm a post – I love post players. So I'm, That's fair. That's I'm fair. a relic that way. I'm not surprised, but mm-hmm. it's such a random fact. In terms of star power, this might be the least attractive series, this next one. But in terms of the in terms of the markets, this gets everyone fired up. Atlanta versus New York. The Knicks are finally back in the playoffs. The Knicks Knicks faithful are buzzing. They're going crazy. The Knicks at the four seed. Actually, no, my bad. The, the Hawks at the four seed. The Knicks at that five seed. The Hawks really turning things around after they fired their former head coach, uh, the Lloyd Pierce, and then moving in with Nate McMillan has done a phenomenal job there. They're getting healthy. They are a crazy deep team, which is why I like them to make the playoffs coming into the year. And the Knicks, I told you before, I think Tom Thibodeau is the coach of the year because of the job he's done with this mm-hmm. team. The improvements of Julius Randle have also been impressive. So let's go with you first, though. What, what do you, how do you see the series playing out? Knicks and five. Whoa. Knicks and five. Trey Young, Young wins one game, but I think the Knicks are so fired up to be there. And I think the city of New York is so fired up to be there. The the I don't know what New York's COVID situations look like, whether or not they can have fans in the I'm arena. Not, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. They can get definitely. Uh, I know they can. So have I'd have to 
look at that real quick. But if I mean, I assume that they're gonna they can have uh, fans in the arena, and those shoot four thousand, five thousand yeah. fans that they lit in there are going to make that place shake. The Knicks fans are some of the most loyal fans. I say that uh, most loyal fans in in, NBA, in the NBA. Spike Lee's mm-hmm. gonna lose his mind. You know he's gonna be there. Yes. But I just think that the hype from the city, the 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 love from the city is gonna push them to five games. I know that's like a stupid thing to say, but I I mean if anybody's gonna be able to to pull off some Disney crap like that, it's the Knicks. Yeah, Disney. I I'm a sucker for Disney movies, and unfortunately, this ain't that type of movie to me. <laughs> I just I see the Hawks. I really do. I like the depth of this team. There, I think they're they're not as good defensively but they can score. And I just think more times than not, we live in an offensive league. Where do they rank offensively? The Hawks? Yes. In terms, I know the Knicks are actually a top five defense. I'm not 100%. I think sure the Knicks are top. like top three. I think Knicks are top yes. three. The Knicks are right up there with defense. And defense, it's a big it's a big credit to their effort, honestly, because I don't look at them and go, ooh, lockdown defender right here. I mean, uh, Reggie Bullock is awesome. Nerlens Snowell is a really nice. Julius Randall hustles, but – they don't have a guy who even I, – I did my all-defensive team a few weeks back. They didn't even have a guy who sniffed it for me. I, did, I look at the team defense is so exceptional, which is why, once again, we get a lot, a lot of credit to Coach Thibodeau. So I think Julius Randle has a good series. I think a guy like John Collins is going to really struggle to guard him. Maybe they put Clint Capella on him a little bit just to mix things up. I don't know. But honestly, I just think this team is so reliant on guys like Derrick Rose and Alec Burks to get buckets. R.J. Barrett, his first-ever playoff series, he's very erratic. I don't know what to expect for him. And I've always been a Trey Young guy. So I think Trey Young steps up. Danilo Gallinari has been a guy who's played some big-time basketball. Lemon Pepper Lou is in this series a little That's bit, true. getting traded over there. Um, and a guy, too, in Bogdanovich, who coming over from that. Knicks could have – okay. Be a lot of fun. No, you're good. I was just going to say, he's a guy who's played some big t- in big-time games over in the European League. Yeah, your audio got a little fuzzy for me, so that's my Oh, fault. you're good. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks are hoping to have 13,000 fans there. So Knicks 13? Yeah, that's a that good will make a That will make a significant difference yeah. considering their mm-hmm. max capacity is like 20,000. Yeah. So, so I'll go Hawks in seven. I think this is a fantastic series. I think both the cities get really into it. It's a lot of fun. That's Great true. Very, very, very passionate cities. I'm going Hawks. I'm going Hawks in five. And you were riding the passion of those Knicks faithful, the five games. I think, I think the passion of the Knicks faithful and then that and the, the defensive capabilities and versatility of that, that Knicks lineup is yeah. just going to cause problems. Trey Young is in a, not as, not as much of a dire situation as, as a, Steph Curry, but the way their offense is going to be run is going to be something similar to that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Trey Young how much he shares the ball is going to be key as well, especially with guys like DeAndre Hunter, John Collins playing some of the best ball of their career. Clint Capella's been dominant down there. So, if Young tries to just be like Steph Curry the whole time, I do think they lose the series. But let's move on to that Brooklyn. So, now let's shift to that Brooklyn series. So, Brooklyn. We need to be here for too long because it's Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I see this as I. I love Jason Tatum, and it's still it, this is a sweep to me. It's just Brooklyn's got too much power. It's too, I think they, I think Tatum will claim one game. Maybe if he, yep. if he has a game like he did in their playoff in their playing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a chance obviously that he has a really good game. I mean, obviously that it's purely dependent upon two of the three or four guys that the, the Nets have to yeah. to play bad. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the Nets have the three best players in the series, right? That's Ramadan Ramadan Kyrie is a, yeah so <laughs> that's the hardest they they gotta hope uh, Kemba and Tatum both go off and yeah. the Nets can the Nets can even have one of their guys just go for fifty 
and match what those two guys might do to me. And, and it doesn't even have to be the three big teams either. It could I be Blake Griffin could go for 50. I know, yeah. that's like, I know that's out of left field, but it's still Blake Griffin. So That would be insane if Blake Griffin went for 50. You deserve a lot of credit if Blake Griffin went for 50. I, if I call that – throwing, throwing that I should, there, so. If I do that, I'm going to just be – I obviously won't be as upset as – you know, as I was when I didn't put like a hundred dollars on the the Suns to go eight and zero in the bubble last year. But how much money would you have won? So if I put, I think it was two hundred dollars on the Suns to go eight and zero in the bubble last year, I would have won three point two million dollars, something like that. Yeah, that's I think okay. it, I think that's what it was. It's kind of like an anti bad beat since you didn't make the bet. I mean, i could have I could have afford, <laughs> afford it at the time, so I could have done it. But you it would have gotten berated. You would have gotten berated by your parents and me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, I told my parents about how much money I would have made had I done it. Uh, then you would have been like, a genius. <laughs> they were like, "Why didn't you do it?" I'm like, what yeah. <laughs> "You would have yelled at me if I'd done it before yeah. they actually did it." So, either way. Yeah. Either way. Nets, either yeah. Over there. So. Yeah. Net, nets are deep. I'm going four. You're going five. Net, nets and four. Nets if and four. If we were removing I, my yeah. Now, I believe Nets in four, but I said Jason Tatum's capable of, of taking one game. So, but it's sure. Nets in four. It's Nets in four. It could be fun. All right. If I'm removing my Lakers Suns bias, this is my favorite series. This next one: Bucks versus Heat, the rematch of the Eastern Semifinals last year. I hope for for Giannis's sake that the Bucks win it, <laughs> but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat won it in in seven. So, mm-hmm. I'm going Bucks in six. Giannis is too great of a player to keep having this happen to him and not adjust and become that guy we expect him to be. He's going to figure it out. This postseason is the one they break through, shakes off a team like Jimmy Butler, helps to cement his status. I mean, if Giannis is able to win a title, I mean, we're talking about a guy who already has two MVPs, a defensive player of the year. He can really build on a resume to make him one of the better. He'll have a chance to be one of the better players we've ever seen if he's able to win a few titles. And I think he, gets the run going in terms of jump-starting a little bit of playoff success this time around. I've said all year this Bucks team has been more built for the postseason than the regular season. They're not as deep, but when they shrink that rotation, I think it's a little tighter. Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe. Gavin, how big of yes. improvement yes. is that? You know. Yes. That's a significant, that's a significant <laughs> improvement. Anybody who asks to leave their organization from a barbershop deserves nothing. Holiday is one of the best defensive players in the league, and we know we've seen him step up before that when he was with those Pelicans teams, he was a huge part of the reason they knocked off the Blazers. I think whether he's – I think he's going to guard Jimmy Butler, and I honestly, as much as I love Jimmy Butler, I think there will be plays he gives Jimmy Butler trouble because he gives every single star he guards trouble. Chris Middleton, everyone says he's underrated. He still seems underrated. He very well could be a top 20 player in the NBA when you have to push all the chips to the center of the table. He's going to have some success. Mike Budenholzer is still a coach who's made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And like I said, it just comes back to Giannis. I think Giannis figures it all out. So Bucks and six for me. And what's your final one you're going with? Prediction. I'm going to go just to be different. Heat and seven. Heat and seven. I, I, I mean, I, I really, it's it's a flip-flop. I, I mean, mm-hmm. this is as close as the, the Nuggets-Blazers mm-hmm. series for me. So. Yeah. All right. What two teams do you have meeting in the Eastern Conference Finals? And then who do you have advanced? And then, you know, you said you have the Top two seeds. Top two seeds. So you do think, yeah, you like, yeah, I, I agree. Honestly, I think Philly has a cakewalk. I mean, after whoever they draw the Hawks and the Knicks, they should blast them as well. And then I just see the Nets, it's too much firepower. I still think, I just don't think Simmons and Embiid's going to work long-term. I think it's going to end badly. I think the Nets are going to beat them in five. 
And the Sixers are honestly going to have to trade Simmons this offseason. No, Nets are coming out of the East. I think that uh, barring injuries or something stupid happening, like Mm -hmm. James Harden getting suspended for a game for bringing a stripper into the locker room or something, I think think Nets are coming out of the East unless something stupid like that happens. Uh, Out of the West, my heart says the Suns. We've we've talked about that already. uh, if it's not the Suns, then I don't know. I, I, I'd say no. Just make your pick. Who's your pick? Laker. If, 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 if this, the West is decided from this first round matchup between the Suns and the Lakers. I like it. I think that's fun that it will be that you think it'll be. I think that's. I genuinely, heart heart aside, objectively, I think that's where it's decided. I really do. It very well could be. I very well could be. That'd be a lot of fun too if, it, if somehow we got Suns Clippers and the Suns. I, I think knock off the Clippers. That would be a lot of fun. I think the Suns and or the Clippers and the Jazz are just too much of non-factors for both these teams. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I mean, they're I don't, I don't and I don't mean non-factors as in they're just not going to do anything. You know, yeah, it's it's. I think that they are just not as good as the, these two teams. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think I, I mean I would have I would have if there was a series, I would pick the Clippers to knock off the Suns, but I do obviously I think the Suns have a chance to knock them off. And I do have the Suns off of the Jazz, though. I'll just say that just because I I do I like Rudy Gobert, but there's just something about Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I just take that duo over Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in a seven-game series. I think, I think eight I think Aiton gives more uh gives Gobert more problems than you think. He could. He could in the in the games that I've watched them play against each yeah. other. Granted, the last one they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. He's giving them fit. He's giving them some fits. Yeah, on both ends of the floor. It's it's literally like watching. Two Give, giving him, giving him, fit, giving, him giving him, giving him fits on giving Gobert fits on offense isn't saying much. He kind of does that on his own. <laughs> but true. no, I I That's agree. But anytime you can score on him, it is it's definitely impressive. So all right, we have the same. Like you say, I think you relatively the same. We have the same finals. Unless I know you want to ride with your sons, but you basically went with the Lakers. So we I said have it, the Lakers Nets. It's there's, there's three teams. It's Nets versus Suns or Lakers. So okay, you are cheating the system. I'm not cheating the system. I mean, <laughs> I said that objectively, my prediction would be the Lakers, but I can't. I can't put my heart mm-hmm. aside. So it's going to mm-hmm. be one of those three teams mm-hmm. in the finals. Which obviously, so one who's of the, who's, who's winning games. the finals then? Um, <laughs> is, it, is it? Do you have it being your West team or your East team? Let's just we'll make it that easy. <laughs> It's the Nets. Okay. Objectively speaking, it's the Nets. They're just too deep. They have three of the best players in the NBA and then like two or three other guys who are top 50 players in the league. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's scary. So it's terrifying. I mean, I think it's the Nets. It's the Nets championship to lose this year. Um, I mean, obviously the, the Lakers are their biggest, their biggest problem. Same way as it is for us. So. It'll just be interesting to see. It's going to be great to see. And I think it'll go. I think I have Lakers Nets. The storylines, LeBron versus KD. KD being an obvious challenger to LeBron's best player in the world. LeBron versus Kyrie in the finals. That'll be a lot of fun too. James Harden's first time in a final since that OKC season. This is a guy who's yeah. been able to reach that stage. He's cha- he's done a phenomenal job changing his, his game. Heck, if he never got hurt, he would have a chance to be in the MVP conversation. Harden, mm-hmm. he was healthy. He was playing phenomenal. This is where I went back and forth. If I, if let's say there was another star equally as great as LeBron in terms, like for some reason, Michael Jordan's on this Lakers team. 
Yeah. I would probably pick because I don't have that, Michael, because I don't have that bias. I would take the Nets. But I don't want to be here in three months when the championship's been decided and the Lakers win it and I didn't go with them. So I'm going with the Lakers. I'm riding with LeBron, Anthony Davis. They're the defending champs. They've been through the gauntlet. They've done it before. Steve Nash hasn't been a coach on this stage. I still think there's a chance that team implodes a little bit. In the heat of the moment, you've got a lot of guys who are going to want the ball in that tight situation who think they should take the last shot. We've seen Harden sacrifice for a while. What if he thinks, I'm going to try to be the man now? We know Kyrie always thinks he's going to be the one there. Kevin Durant's going to be passive. And then if he gets up, he'll want it. But I feel like if Kyrie pushes him enough, Kyrie will get it. And is Kyrie going to let the whole thing of him just trying to be better than LeBron get in his head? Maybe. We've seen things get in Kyrie's head before. I think, but I'm going Lakers in seven. That's my final one for that series. Uh, you know, I consider you to be incredibly lucky with your heart and your head to be so close because the Lakers are actually good. <laughs> like, and by good, I mean like top two or three teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, defending champs and their roster got better. Oh. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. That's, that's, it's that's, my, be a fun, that's my it's finals good. matchup. I, I have to go with the Nets just because of star power. But That's in seven or six? Uh, oh, shit. I, it's LeBron, so seven. I mean, I think there's no way it doesn't go six or seven. Yeah, I, exactly. I'd be stunned if it went five somehow, but. If, it, if there's a sweep, if, that, if that Nets team gets clicking, I could see a world where maybe somehow it goes five just because they're they look like one of the greatest teams we've ever seen come playoff time. They could do mm-hmm. some kind of Warriors postseason run where the Warriors went 16 and won that one year, but they didn't have as many games under the belt as those Warriors teams. God, imagine if it's neither of them. Yeah, yeah, uh, gosh, that would that would be it's like game. it's like Bucks, Bucks Clippers, Jazz. it's like Bucks yeah. Jazz or something like that. I Adam like, Silver would have a heart attack if that Sun was 76ers would be the greatest Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner matchup in like ever <laughs> i knew kind of the general experience on there I'll, i by the way i already guarantee you so caruso is gonna rip devin booker one time and like go coast for coast for a dunk something like that it's gonna oh, happen it's gonna it's, and then his face is gonna get put over bookers in the thing with kylie Jenner. i just guarantee you it's gonna happen at least once because caruso is a good enough defender i know, play. I know like Caruso's going to do one thing the whole series, and it's just yep. going to be all over Twitter, Instagram, every important sports page's feed. Booker's going to have to do something like what he did to uh, Gobert in yeah. their final game. Like, he's got to do something amazing to put him up there. Like, if he exactly. goes up for yep. like 45 and they take game one, then obviously they'll talk about him. But as far as like Caruso, all he has to do is dunk it once. It's a, yes. white, boy in a, it's a white boy in a headband. That's like every journalist's dream. <laughs> so. Oh, very true. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And Gavin, this is a lot of fun. It was great redoing the podcast again. Always a good time. And yeah, we'll definitely be back on soon, whether it's we're breaking down a few games in the series at the halfway mark for the Lakers Suns and other playoff news, or we're recapping the first round. So we're talking about our Western Conference, our Western Conference finals or final matchup between the Suns and whoever else it is. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, yeah, it's gonna be a lot. I like doing I like doing stuff like this. Obviously, the stuff we're gonna be talking about, which is gonna be niche to what we love. So, so it, it, it's good to be back. I, I've enjoyed sitting here and doing this this, this podcast again with you. You know, it's yes. crazy to, to think that it was two years ago that we ended it, and for us to be where we are now is it's it's crazy. So, it is crazy. It's awesome. It's great to be back, and we're excited to join you guys very soon again. Talk about more of these playoffs. So, thank you guys for joining us. I'm JT Wittersill, and I'm Gavin Dawson, and we'll see you guys next time.